I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by the lovely ladies of Beyond the Mouse, right? Yeah. Yes. we got Vanessa Ferguson. Hey, Craig. How you doing? Good, good. And B Bonner, how are you? Hi, friends. I'm good. <laughs> you know what's great about all of this is that you all just conducted an interview, and we're going to get to hear that in a little bit. But this really is an episode that's more focused around what you were able to learn about this game that we had a chance to play. And so I'm excited to kind of listen in and be able to be a fly on the wall while I listen in for this interview. Yeah, absolutely. So the new game is, uh, that new game to us is Disney's Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances. It's an epic title for an epic game because (laughs) what happens in this game is that you have these iconic Disney characters, villains and heroes battling each other. But when I say battling, I don't mean necessarily that the villains battle the heroes. I mean that you can combine characters onto your team. So if you want Maleficent and Ariel to to team up, you absolutely can do that. And if you want Gaston and Mickey to team up and, and fight them, you absolutely can do that. And it's really cool if you're a fan of Disney or if you're just a fan of tabletop board games and so we had a chance to look through the box it's a lot of pieces but be what was kind of your first impressions well i will say this too it is a mobile app for you people out there that are like i like to do all things digitally so it is also a mobile app but i like a board game I yeah. really do. I will say when I opened up this board game, I did say, Lord have mercy, because there were a lot of pieces here. And I was overwhelmed. And I'm like, how am I going to play this game? Yeah, but once we got all the pieces out and kind of understood mm-hmm. it, it was really cool to see how the pieces moved across the the board game. It's something you really can't do in the app. And, and it's really cool, too, as you'll hear in the interview, to hear the game designer. His name's Sean Fletcher. He goes by Fletch, which is like the coolest nickname. Cool, yeah. To hear him kind of explain, like, how he wanted the games to move across the board. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear this interview with Fletch or Sean Fletcher. That's really cool. I'm excited to hear it as well. And what I like about the game, just initially from my interaction with it, is that it also has a couple of those deep cut characters that you don't necessarily expect to see in a board game like this, at least in that core set. Particularly, I have this love for the TV show The Gargoyles, and there is a gargoyle in this game, in the core set. So you get to play as Demona, which is really cool. And so it's kind of exciting to be able to like have these different characters come to life in a different way. And something that I think that our listeners will really be appreciative of. I should say right up front that we were contacted by Op Games and they allowed us to have this interview, but then also had sent us a copy of the core set and then also some of the expansions as well. So thank you to them for this opportunity. But B, anything else you want to say before we just get right into this interview? If you are a new to the game start off with chapter one that is the best approach to this game and you will learn more about that during this interview because Fletch explains this so well and he helped calm my anxiety from me playing this game in the mobile app so thank you Fletch now (laughs) real quick before we go into the interview how many hours have you put into the mobile app in this week B I'm scared to even tell y'all y'all might tell me I have a problem (laughs) okay that's the first step B I'm admitting it Okay, good. I'm the problem. On to step two, which I think is just listening to this awesome interview. All right, let's do it. 
Well, welcome to the show, Fletch. We're excited to talk about this new board game, Disney's Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances. It's an epic title. It's an epic game. But first, I have a question about being a game designer. I was actually watching an interview you did, and you said that at one point in your life, you were working as a graphic designer, but then you were really trying to find your way back into designing games. So it's it's such a cool, specific job that I want to ask you, what is it about designing board games specifically that, that drew you to this profession? Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you want to, to if you're a gamer, that's kind of like the, the goal is to get to create something new and share that with people throughout the hobby. It's, it's a dream job and I love doing it. It kind of sounds like the Holy grail of graphic design and board gaming. It was, it was such a cool uh, sort of life experience and career path to first get to do graphic design for board games and then turn that into opportunities to actually help design games. And then eventually just moved out of the graphic design realm into the game design realm because they're, there are, there's not a ton of classic training in how to become a game designer. So if you've got that background and the studio that I was working in at the time kind of looked at me and said, we can find more graphic designers. We can't always find somebody with the skill set that you have to design games. So we're just going to put you in the game design chair full time now and, and we'll find somebody else to do the art. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what really drew me to that conversation that you had was that you don't really go to school to be a board game designer and a graphic designer. So it's so cool that you're giving some insight into how you can do that for a living. And now B, you have our next question. So Fletch, I have to tell you, I tend to get obsessed with things once I find it. So I've been playing the mobile game all week. And I would have to tell you, I got sucked into playing to the point where I was yelling at Sorcerer Mickey all last night. And so <laughs> can you talk us through the process of designing a board game, especially one that has this great mobile app already? Sure. This is one where we at the op had made plenty of Disney games prior to this. So the mobile team that created Disney Sorcerer's Arena came to us and said, hey, we love tabletop games, but we're not tabletop game producers, what can you do? And my boss came to me and said, hey, you know, Fletch, clearly you're a, a game designer. That's what you do for us here. But you're also a massive Disney fan. What, what do you see that we can adapt here? So I sat down and I played the mobile game for a couple of weeks and then sort of deconstructed what it was that I liked and what would work really well on a, on a tabletop experience. And really even looked at things that we could bring in in tabletop that weren't there in the mobile game. Uh, the mobile game doesn't really use a, a movement mechanic. And by adding movement, we were able to, to kind of make the tabletop game, Disney Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances, into a more tactical experience without it being overwhelming, just having the ability to move your pieces around the board and get in range and dodge your opponent's attacks and, and, and whatnot. And it took about two years to do all of the design development and testing. Uh, wow. It started right at the beginning of the pandemic lockdowns. So we did all of our, our prototyping and testing online, and we still do all of our prototyping and testing online, which was in a way a silver lining because it opened it up for us to work with people, gamers all over the country, rather than having to bring people into the office, specifically a, a couple of people at a time with you know pizzas and sodas and a game on the table. Now people could join and find opponents through our, our online systems 
and just play whenever they wanted. And that was really great. It gave us a ton of data to, to really make this game as great and as fun as it is. Learning about you, Fletch, I thought I wanted to be a, a game designer, but after hearing that, I think I want to be like a professional game tester because pizza, <laughs> drinks, games, I mean, what more can you want? So I have to tell you, my co-host, Craig, who couldn't be here today, he was very excited when we opened up the game because uh, he saw the various characters. He really was excited about Demona from yeah. Gargoyles. He he was stoked. So was including those nostalgic characters important as you were designing the game? It really was for a couple of different reasons, actually. Uh, the mobile game that we based it on, we have basically the the, the reins to use whichever characters we'd like from that mobile game. As long as we can say, this is why we think they're a good match for the, the tabletop experience. Disney's been great at saying, okay, show us what, what you can do with that. And the mobile game has such a ridiculously broad range of characters from a ton of different sources. So we wanted to show in the, that first set of eight characters exactly how broad that, that net could be cast. And then on top of that, we knew that we could pull in fans of sort of these deep cut IPs and properties and stories by including one or two of those here and there as the as the game grew. So Demona in that first set really is there to, to show how far we're willing to go to get interesting characters and good gameplay into the game. And as you go into the expansions, you'll find Davy Jones in the first expansion, who was sort of unexpected in, in a, a lot of ways. And the Horned King in the second expansion does some really cool things and isn't as well known. But when you get a fan of the Black Cauldron who remembers growing up watching that movie and being scared just out of their minds, it's it's really nostalgic to find somebody like the Horned King in the game. Well, I was going to say that I'm like, some of these characters are a little scary. So when I found myself in the game, I'm like, oh, geez, you're here too. So I'm really glad to say that. And you also said you're a Disney fan, which of course yes. we love here. So how often did you find yourself, you know, referencing the movies and the shows to decide on some of the skills and abilities that a lot of these characters have in the game? Oh, all the time. All the time. Uh, the the real heart of the game is in letting the characters sort of be themselves in this arena. And it's like finding a new context for things that you've known for, for years uh, has been a really fun experience. There are some characters where it's really obvious Gaston is just going to be a big punchy dude. <laughs> he's not he's not too bright and doesn't play a whole lot of strategy, but boy, does he hit hard. And then there are other characters where Sully, for example. Sully, it was obvious right from the start that he was going to be a, a protector sort of character, but trying to figure out how to make him a really interesting, compelling, strategic character uh, in the game was a little bit more challenging than somebody like Gaston. But in the end, I, I feel like if I just let the characters be themselves, they'll kind of show me how they want to play in the arena. Well, if we could talk a little bit about the art design, because one of the first things that we all said when we were picking up the pieces is, oh, Ariel, she's looking real tough in this game. <laughs> she's not looking like a delicate princess. She's going to fight someone. Yeah, so, no, they're they're there ready for battle. So what made you, what was kind of that thought process of, of designing the characters and maybe giving Ariel that little bit toughness that we see? It really comes from the mobile game. Uh, the mobile game, because, and I'll go back to, you know, that casting that really broad net. 
they've got characters from live action properties and they've got characters from Saturday morning cartoons or sorry, Disney afternoon cartoons uh, and feature films and classic animation and Pixar 3D animation. So the mobile team really did a great job of sort of codifying and, and creating one system that made all of the characters look like they came from that same uh, environment. So when we saw that they had done that, it was really a, a no-brainer for us to use what they had already done and sort of build on some really great resources that that already existed for us. Yeah, and I especially love that about the game because like you said, you all were really able to build upon something that already had happened, but the flexibility of this game is amazing. First off, you combine all these heroes with these villains, which oh, yeah. you don't typically typically see, which made me go like, am I the bad guy here? But no, we're all on the same team. <laughs> so yeah, you, can you can also- You can have Maleficent fighting right alongside Mickey and Aladdin in this game. And that made me excited because Maleficent, chef's kiss, great. <laughs> But, you know, one thing that this always allowed for is allowing for a large age range. You know, you have mm -hmm. little girls that might like Ariel or somebody like me that likes all the villains. You know, we could all play together. So was that something important to you when you were designing the game, making sure that different ages can, you know, really come together to enjoy this? We knew from the start that, you know, Disney appeals to such a huge audience and there's no one way to identify who is a Disney fan. So right from the start, as I was building this game, I knew we were going to have people that were uh, really intense gamers who also liked Disney, but also Disney fans who didn't know much about the, the strategy board gaming world. And we had to find a way to bring those two audiences together. So I built this chapter learning system for the game where you can open the box up and really play a chapter of the game that's, that's sort of on the rails. Uh, meaning that we give you the characters you're going to play on your team and we give you a limited pool of the, the game components to use and really get a feel for how a turn works. And then once you've played that game at, at the chapter one level, you can move on to chapter two and chapter three and chapter four so that by the time you get to the end, you've got this really rich, robust game system that lets the characters express themselves and lets players show off their skill in this arena. And if you are a, a, an intense gamer to start with, you don't have to go through the, the chaptered systems. We do have rules online uh, where we just condensed all of that and said, you love games, start here. Mm. Well, I, I will have to say that I am not the best gamer. So I did start with <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> you know what? It, it's still fun. I really enjoy chap playing chapter one. And when I teach new players, I, I frequently start with chapter one just to, to let people see it's not an intimidating game. If you start from the, the beginning and play it chapter by chapter, it's really accessible and it, it can be a game for anyone that way. Well, I think that's really cool. Now, like you said, uh, B, that you're on chapter one. I am also a chapter oneer, but I but I think it's cool that people could really progress in their skills and get really strategic and and maybe even compete. And and so, Fledge, I heard that there might be an opportunity in the future for uh, some kind of yeah. a competition with Op Games. Could you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, starting uh, in in 2023, we're going to be running the Op Games Road to Gen Con. Uh, and this year we're going to feature Disney Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances. 
And what we're doing is a sort of a 10-stop road tour of tournaments all over the country. Uh, we'll have stops in Seattle, in Portland, Oregon, Anaheim, Orlando, Rochester, New York, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And each of these individual tournaments will allow players to compete for a number of really cool prizes. We've got some some cool alternate art cards and standees and and things to improve uh, the, the components of your game. But the big prize is a set of passes to Gen Con in Indianapolis, Indiana later this summer. So if you're a gamer, that should that should sound pretty awesome to you. And at Gen Con, we're going to hold the World Championship. So if you win the passes, you'll also be guaranteed a seat in the World Championship event at the end of the summer. Wow. So Indianapolis is not too far from us in Illinois. So B, we have to start practicing so we can (laughs) get our stuff together so we can go. (laughs) And uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to compete. And, you know, I just think it's so cool that there's, there's so much going on digitally and it's just really neat to see people coming together and B, you actually have our next question about those tabletop games. Yes. So we are in Springfield, Illinois, and we have a lot of unique things going on here. And some of those unique shops and things we have going on is gaming and, of course, the resurgence of board games, which I grew up playing. So it brings me so much joy when we get to see this, you know, right in our town. And I was wondering if you could share your perspective on why board games continue to be something that we come back to, especially during the pandemic. I was at home playing Candyland and Monopoly with my parents. So, you know, why is this something that we're seeing, you know, become so popular again? You know, it's it's a way for people to connect, and it really comes down to those personal connections, finding a group of people that love playing board games as much as you do, and just building a community around that. And you mentioned that there's a lot of really cool board game shops that are popping up in, in cities all over the country and all over the world, really. And, and it's crazy because even through the pandemic, it was something that survived by people creating online board gaming communities and using online systems that allowed them to connect over board games. It's been happening for about 20 years now, this this big growth of the hobby and of, of the communities. And it's something that, I mean, I, as a professional game designer, I'm like, keep me employed. This is this is great business for me. But it's also, you know, you see my, my you guys can see it because we're on a, a Zoom call. My background is some of the shelves in my house and they're just full of board games. And whenever friends or family come over to, to visit, like that's that's the go-to is let's have some some good food, some fun, and then just break out some board games and play Yeah, uh, because it's a great way to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it seems like it's a, a great way for families to connect too. And I just, I just love that, you know, we love Disney and part of that is being with family and enjoying these stories and characters. And I just love how that game, this game does that as well. Now, because you mentioned that you've had to do a lot of research, which best excuse (laughs) ever for watching Disney films. Oh, it's, Uh, it's awful. Uh, right for no, you for you best part of the job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to ask you some rapid fire questions because yeah. uh we you know we know that you're a disney fan so what is your favorite disney animated film to go to or even if it's just in the top five if you can't pick favorite, favorite. film i think is atlantis i love the the wow. adventure there if I can get in a, a a nod for for other animated stuff that's not film gravity falls is just fantastic. Uh, and if you haven't watched Gravity Falls, it's on Disney Plus. 
it's absolutely bonkers, but it's it's just absolutely brilliant uh, storytelling as well. Wow, you stumped us. I actually haven't watched Gravity Falls B. It looks oh, like you haven't great. either. I, I have not, but I love Atlantis. That's actually one of my favorites. Yeah, we love that one too. Favorite live action movie? You know, that might be the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Oh, I, I, I'm a sucker for, for adventure <laughs> stories if that doesn't show through Atlantis and, and uh, <laughs> pirates. So if you were playing this game, what would be your favorite character to play with? In the core set, my favorite character, hands down, is Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. Uh, he's got some great strategy to him. There's almost a puzzle to figuring out how to play him best because he can build up these broomsticks as he plays the game, and the broomsticks can be used to attack. But one of the mechanics of the game is that when a character gets knocked out, they will respawn back into the game, but they come back without all of those uh, accoutrements that they built up in their, their previous round in the arena. So you've got to be very careful with Mickey, build up those brooms, get those attacks in, but time it so that if he's on the verge of being knocked out, you're not wasting those cards that generate the brooms for you so that you still have some gas in the tank for the next time he comes out on the board. Well, thank you for my, telling me that because that's why I was yelling at him last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you build up the brooms and don't get the chance to attack with them, it can it can be a really wasted opportunity. So it's the kind of thing where if you don't if if you see a situation where your opponent is going to knock Mickey out soon, it's best to not build up those brooms right now and save them for the next time he's on the on the the arena floor. Uh, really, my, biggest, my my most favorite character, if I can jump forward to the expansions real quick, yeah, uh, is the Horned King from the Black Cauldron. He gets to summon cauldron-born tokens onto the arena and really mess with your opponents by adding characters to the game. Uh-oh. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> These are some great tips that will help us as we try to win next summer in the competition. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> Look forward um, to seeing you there. Absolutely. And so... We have to ask you too, what is your favorite like nostalgic game, old school board game? What's something that you just really cherish? I grew up, we'll go with a real classic. I grew up playing checkers with my grandmother and grandfather and they did not hold back. So I think that actually had a lot to do with me growing up loving board games in general was learning to play checkers as, as simple as that game is really strategically from a young age. That's really classic. And, you know, before we wrap up here, we always like to end the interview with just asking you about what we miss. Is there anything that you wanted to share that we didn't ask you about? Or is there something that you just wish someone would ask you about and they never do anything like that come to mind? I I think you had some really great questions. I'd, I'd like to say that if you enjoy Disney Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances, We've got some other great Disney games that we've made recently. Uh, I got to work on Disney Smash Up with the game's inventor, Paul Peterson, and that was a ton of fun. So if you're enjoying Disney Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances, by all means, check out some of the other fantastic Disney op games that are out there now. Awesome. Well, Fletch, it has been so great to learn more about you. I think we may have even inspired some people to become game designers or a game tester today. And it's been so awesome to learn more about Disney Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances. It's a really cool strategic game and just a lot of fun if you love games and if you love Disney. So thank you, Fletch, so much for being here today to tell us about it. Thanks for hosting and be sure to follow us on the op games on social channels. What a wonderful listen to be able to kind of 
peek behind the game here and listen to you all talk to Fletch about how he came up with this game and everything else. And maybe like you said, be calm your nerves a little bit for someone that might be a little intimidated going into this set. But B, I'll go to you first. What was your takeaway from this interview? So what I really liked was the importance of board games really being essential for family fun, especially like Vanessa had indicated, Disney is for families of all ages. So we have this board game and you don't have to know anything about board games to play this game according to Fletch. Start off with chapter one, work your way through, and because of the expansion packs, you can keep playing. So you really get to have fun with the whole family. And I really enjoy that because a lot of times I don't get to see my family a lot. So this may be something I have to bring to them and force them to play with me, play games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really cool too that going into it to hear Fletch say that what a Disney fan he was. Because yes. it's kind of like he's designed something that, you know, maybe you're not a huge board gamer, but you love Disney, you love the characters, you have maybe this idea of like what would happen happen if Ariel was really tough and could mm -hmm. fight people. It's really cool that you're able to do that in this game. And then if you are a big gamer, well, this is a great opportunity to bring in a little bit of that Disney love. And if you want to compete against me and B, <laughs> because apparently <laughs> we are going to brush up our strategic skills with Disney's Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances and compete in that tournament, as Fletch mentioned, the Op Games Road to Gen Con. They told us a little bit behind the scenes that actually if you're in the central Illinois area, March 18th, they're going to have one of the competitions in St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. Not even that far for us. And, you know, the other cool thing, too, that they mentioned that when they do these different 10 stops across the U.S., the, the finalists, the best of at those events, not only are they getting to compete in that final tournament, but they're also going to be able to have their airfare yeah hotel and i think their their pass to get in paid for so it's like you know you, you really can have a, a lot of fun and get a big prize if you kind of develop your strategic skills we mentioned that you know b and i were on chapter one but <laughs> but we're gonna work our way up the chapters and be number one yes in this competition yes B is nothing but not dedicated to this cause because <laughs> she's already put in over 100 hours to the mobile app in one week. Now listen, I want to say quite that much. You're making me sound like I got a problem. <laughs> this well. is this might be an episode, but it's also an intervention. Oh so. no! Now here's the question that I have for you. You have this endless supply of Disney characters. If you could put one character into a future expansion of this game, who is it that you want to see? It could be a deep cuts. It could be someone that just hasn't come up yet. But we do know that there's already been the two expansions out there. Also, the core set is out there. But who are you putting into an expansion? I think that I'm going to go old school here. And I don't have a specific character in mind, but a character from the Gummy Bears oh. TV series. I think it'd be so funny to see a Gummy Bear like fighting Gaston or fighting Jack Skellington. I just think that'd be a lot of fun. B, do you have a character that comes to mind? Yeah, and you know what? I actually got this idea from Fletch because his favorite Disney movie is Atlantis. And if you know me, I'm all about girl power. So I would have Kita 
from Atlantis, Ooh. the princess, in this game. Number one, because I love Cree Summer. She is like my ultimate idol. I love her. I want to be a voice actor like her. But I love the character Kita. She's so powerful. And, you know, I think she could tear up some heroes and some villains in For this sure. game. For <laughs> sure. What about you, Craig? Would you pick maybe the old guy from Up? Or, uh, or I don't know, Doug. You know who, would you pick Doug? You, I mean, you know me enough to know who I'd pick, right? Oh, I know. Oh, Captain America. No, no, not Marvel. No, let's keep it in Disney. Okay, okay, yeah, because okay. this let's is animated in Pixar. B, so. what's your guess? Well, that was gonna be my guess, but you're right. Okay, next guess. Okay. Oh, oh, the Rocketeer. No, I mean, I, that, yes, he's Disney live action, but okay, scale it back here. The character that I would put in, this game is clearly set for some of us adults that really love Disney as well. You've got to put Powerline into oh, an expansion, right? Duh. I mean, come on, right? He would just, uh, was it like dance fight? All the characters I would be his I have a coolest power for him, too. What if his singing voice was like this ultrasonic, like, ray that could, yes. like... Stun the other yes. characters. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, we know the lady that comes out in like the big bubble uh, in the electric ball on stage. Maybe that instead, that's actually a power that happens oh. as opposed to something that's part of the, the show. So it might make <laughs> might make a goofy movie a little darker <laughs> in retrospect than what we were expecting there. But uh, just a fun interview. And thank you to Op Games for the opportunity here to be able to talk to Fletch today. And uh, really well done, you two. It was so great. Oh, thank you. Know, you. Aww. Stop saying things at the same time as me. All right. <laughs> B says she wants to be a, a nice. She wants to be a voice actor. It's good that we hear from so many people how nice of a voice she has, right? That's uh -oh. true. She has a fantastic <laughs> voice. Stop it, you two. I'm blushing. <laughs> All right. So we have. I don't know what we have upcoming the rest of the year because we haven't recorded it yet but we're going to have some episodes for you we also do know that we will have our end of the year special i had hinted last week at an interview with don han i'll let you know soon if that will happen or not and we hope that it will but just excited to wrap up the rest of the year here as well any final thoughts before we go b i do not have a problem. I will stop playing this game eventually until I find something else to obsess over. But seriously, y'all, go play the game. Get a bunch of friends. Hit up someplace with a table. You can get a nice, you know, beverage, some nice food. Enjoy Disney. Enjoy the game. That's all I got to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're always talking about ways to bring a little bit of that Disney Parks magic home with us. And I think this is a perfect way to do it. And if you want to learn more about Disney's Sorcerer's Arena Epic Alliances, you can follow Op Games on social media. They're at the Op Games for more information about the game and any other announcements that they might have. I mean, if you want to learn more about that tournament, I'm sure that they're talking about it over on at the op games on social media. And speaking of social media, you can follow along with us as well. We're beyond the mouse pod on Instagram. We're beyond mouse on Twitter. And of course, two places on Facebook beyond the mouse podcast, which is our page. And then also beyond the mouse podcast pals, where you definitely want to come and join in the conversation. And that's our group that is on Facebook as well. It's just been great getting a chance to listen to Fletch and the passion that he brings to this game. And again, thank you for this opportunity to everybody that made that possible for us. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm B. And we will see you real soon. 
in the front row, maybe at the tournament for Gen Con. Yes. Oh, will you come cheer us on? Absolutely. What will your cheer sound like? <laughs> if we listen to each other's yeah. heart. Yeah. Da, da, that was pretty da, good, da, da. right? Yeah, great job. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs>